0: Hi and welcome to the GA and Gym Podcast. My name is Oshin Quinn and this is episode 5. Um, today on the podcast we have Connor O'Neill. Connor Neal is a sports nutritionist from Armagh. Um, a real genius when it comes to all the sports nutrition uh, side of things and it's an area that I think Gaelic players and people in general are, are more and more curious about and, and trying to find that extra age and nutrition is definitely one of them areas that you can find that, um, and on the episode today, we we really go deep into nutrition, not only for performance, but just for your general health, and whether it be weight loss or weight gain, and, and Connor chats about some of the big pillars for sports nutrition and for, for eating in general. I think it's a, a must-listen to for any Gaelic players out there, um, and there's a lot of information on this about eating for performance, like carb loading, and, and all those specifics that you hear these terms which you're not too sure about. We go over them all today. So um, sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the GA and Gym podcast. Okay, today in episode five yeah. of the GA and Gym podcast, we have former Cross McGlenn player, uh, sports nutritionist and owner of Know Yourself Nutrition, Connor O'Neill. Connor, good to have you on. Be here. No, um, so the whole sports nutrition thing, how did you how did you get into that in the first
1: place? Um, I suppose for me it was uh, obviously being involved in, in Gaelic myself and playing a bit of football. I wasn't necessarily one of the most uh, skillful players in the team and thought, well, you know, if I'm going to have to push for a place here or, um, you know, try and, try and make some moves here, maybe looking to other avenues is, is going to be is going to be where I make the progress. And obviously that would have started with just giving my best in training and, um, you know, pushing myself on there, being, making sure I was at the front of the pack or whatever it was and uh, eventually sort of realised that in order to do that and in order to sustain the progress that I was making, nutrition was going to be a big part of that Um, and that naturally led me looking into different, you know, articles, podcasts, different things and there wasn't much from GA, there wasn't much, uh, you know, specifically uh, so I was looking to areas like uh, rugby or, uh, you know, even bodybuilding and uh, different areas like this, where a lot of the research had been done, um, and uh, started to really go down that wormhole, and yeah, got had a real interest in it, and started to try and bring a lot of that stuff back to uh, firstly myself as a GA player, and then you know try to pass it on to mates and stuff like that. And um, so that was sort of where I started getting the interest uh, in sports nutrition, um, and sort of developed from there into into the know yourself nutrition and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and that, that seems
1: to be going really good for
0: you at the minute. Um, what are you what are you actually doing? And are you working with players or teams, or what? What, what do you do with the new yourself nutrition?
1: It sort of started out with uh, you know not necessarily specific GA stuff in mind. You know, if I had to start out with that, I'd probably would have called it calling something like you know nutrition dot com mm-hmm. or something like that. It was really more so uh, the know yourself part came from you know basically me looking into different uh, you know another interest in mine is philosophy where one of the big things that would have came from the Stoic philosophers was knowing thyself and and knowing, uh-huh. you know assessing yourself in terms of your weaknesses, strengths, likes, dislikes, stuff like that, and developing yourself from that. And uh, I sort of just thought that's a good thing to bring into health and fitness as well is knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and that's where the actual name "Know Yourself" and uh, nutrition came from. Um But as it developed, I realised that most of the guys who were following me, by nature of the stuff that I was putting out, uh, because I was mainly directing it towards myself as a GA player, uh, a lot of the stuff was GA related. Um, yeah, most of the guys who were following along with it and getting the benefit out of it were GA players. So I went a little bit more niche in that direction, and most of the guys that I work with now are GA players. Um, I have previously worked with a few different teams, um, you know. I was with a couple of county teams over the years. Uh, the likes of Offaly GA was in for a while, um, Antrim I was in for a while as well, and I've done various talks and different things with clubs and a few others. Um, but I just found that a lot of the time, although you're getting a lot of uh, you getting top quality players and everything else you're working with in that capacity, I felt that a lot of the times the very players that were being sent to you for say a plan to. Drop a bit of weight or gain a bit of muscle or whatever. Those players weren't there, weren't coming to me of their own accord. They were being sent by the manager, and yeah. that's a recipe for for disaster in some sense. Because you know, if someone's not coming to you of their own choice, the they're probably going to exactly. So, because I was doing a bit of all on, on on social media through putting out blog contents and and podcasts and that, um, I realised that. Well, why don't I just you know. Aim to help the people who are there, who are wanting that help by virtue of reading the stuff and, and everything else. And I decided that basically my, what I want to do is go to the individuals within the team who maybe want to go from sub-bench to start 15 or who want to make county next year or whatever it is, and they know that their nutrition is the missing piece uh, for getting there for them or one of the missing pieces at least uh, so most of the guys I work with now are in an individual capacity um, I still do the odd talk with, with different teams and stuff but most of the time it's guys who are coming through my online nutrition coaching program um, and I'm helping them with it basically over the course of just initially every 12 weeks where we get an, initial, uh, an individual plan in place for them and weekly check-ins to make sure they're staying on track uh, make any changes along the way and tracking the progress so by the end of the 12 weeks, the aim is they've made all this progress with the performance and body composition, if that's their goals. And then by the end of 12 weeks, they're educated to the point that they're now able to go it alone. Yeah. Uh, basically, then the rest of the playing career.
0: And when you find those people that come in for 12 weeks, I'm sure it's uh, the same for most people in general. Like, what's, uh, what's the common areas where people are, are going wrong or where's is the issues that people are having, you know, whenever they first come in?
1: I think. The big thing for most people is um, short-term thinking. So, you know, the first questions you always sort of get, and you'll get these questions as well, is like, uh, you know, what should my pre-match meal be? What should I eat after training? How do I lose X amount of pounds in three weeks? And these are all very short-term questions, which, yeah, are important. uh, But if you're just focusing on them, you're missing the bigger picture. Yes. the, The shorter term thing is is, uh, is the big problem whereas maybe looking at your diet as a whole your nutrition as a whole uh, same goes for training and things like that um and even looking at longer term like if you do have a weight loss goal maybe extend that out across three months as opposed to three weeks um and looking at developing these habits over the course of time as well yeah
0: i think that's a tough thing with people it's everybody wants it you
1: know this week or
0: next week and, so, and I, I think that's maybe the role of a good of a good coach and is trying to get people to understand that whether it be weight loss whether it be getting stronger or bigger it's a, it's a process and it takes a long time and, and until you can kind of get that mindset you're just going to be disappointed because you'll wake up every day and you'll not see it and you'll not see it
1: because it just takes so long like doesn't it? Like if you were like a lot of guys once they're thinking short term and they're thinking even you know three weeks from now I want to be in a certain position what if what if you were to think of right you know we're coming on let's say someone's coming on to a senior team at the age of 18 or 19 and instead of them thinking i want to get on the team this year what if they extended that out to right 3 years from now i want to be in a in a starting place like your approach would change completely you wouldn't be going on any crash diets you wouldn't be trying to bust yourself and getting injured you, you would you would extend it out a bit more and you would say right i need to look at developing myself within the team i need to make connections within the team i need to, need to start talking to the senior boys to make sure i know what i'm doing uh, and to make sure i have they have me back in a certain sense as well and that they know that I'm in it for the long run and and you would change your approach in in many areas like that Um, and the same goes with with your nutrition and even at the the lower scale as well like you know extending the goal out a little bit and, and getting the habits in place that's going to be sustainable as well so
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, like, I think the big thing you said, there was habits. It's it's building habits. And, um, like, it can be something as simple as, as just tracking your calories, you know, for the first while, once you get that, then it's maybe, let's look at the quality of the food and then you increase it from there. But it's habits that dictate everything, like, isn't it?
1: You know, same with even strength and conditioning. It's like, uh, you know, you give someone the perfect program with their 1RM percentages calculated for six weeks on end, building up to this max. And it doesn't matter if the person isn't going to go to the gym three times a week or two times a week, whatever it is, if they're not going to sustain that habit, all your programming goes out the window. So, you know, it, it really is about making sure that someone's going to actually do something as opposed to you putting the perfect plan together and then going, no, I'm not going to do anything, you know?
0: Yeah, I think sometimes the perfect plan, whether it be nutrition or, or training, isn't so much... What you're doing—that's now, it's creating a plan that people can stick to. And um, I think you now with, with so much information out there, you could write yourself up the best plan in the world and the best diet in the world, and it could look amazing. But if it's if you're not able to do it and it's not sustainable, then it's not the perfect plan. And I think you know, it's trying to get people to understand that—that that the, the perfect plan is the one that that works for you, like.
1: Hundred percent, and and the research bears it out. I mean, research on there. The last recently enough and um, last few years where they looked at all diets they looked at you know whether it's low carb low fat keto vegan whatever it is and the one thing that they said was the main factor of the success at any stage was it wasn't you know low fat it wasn't low carb it wasn't this that the other it was adherence you know whatever mm-hmm. diet, on it, if they stuck to it you got results you know
0: yeah and you know when people come in they what's uh what is the simple improvements that you can make that maybe lead to, to big improvements down the line? You know, if someone's listening. If there's a couple of things they could do, what what, what would you suggest?
1: I think uh, it's important to look at. I'm sure, you've definitely come across it. Is that you know the nutrition pyramid? Have you seen it? So, um, I think it's very important for someone to have that as a, as a good structure to, to look at. So, it's basically a pyramid uh, uh, with the the bottom rung being need to be in place before the next before the next before the next and at the very top you know yes. that's the least important bit uh, but you want to have everything else in place first so at the bottom you have your calories uh, or energy balance essentially meaning are you in the right amount to, uh, to fuel yourself as well as moving your body composition in the right direction if needed uh, secondly then is your macronutrients so that'll be Proteins, fats, carbohydrates, are they in the right place? You know, protein to facilitate recovery. um, Carbohydrates to fuel the training you're doing and fats for a lot of the biological sort of uh, things that go on in the background uh, that are basically can be summarized by health, uh, essentially. You know, it would be things like you're making sure your cells are are well-structured, making sure your hormones are where they should be and different things like that, as well as keeping the, the the diet enjoyable. On the third rung, then, is food timing. Um, No, sorry, food quality. So that'll be making sure that you have your micronutrients, your Mm. fiber in place, eating enough fruits and vegetables, essentially, um, and maybe not eating a bit less of the stuff we all know to be maybe less than optimal. Uh, Third, or the second from last, is your food timing. Um, That might be for athletes. That might be a little bit lower scale because they're talking about pre-match meals. Uh, even post-match recovery, different things I got. At the very top then is supplements. So that tells you where, you know, most people maybe think the first thing they think about when nutrition is maybe going to the supplements, whereas that is really just the last few percentage when you've everything else in place. So bringing that back to your question of what are the small wins you can get in place, for me, I think everyone should go through a period of tracking their food, um, at least for a short period of time to get a good idea of where you're currently eating, um, and even aiming for a specific target, so that'll be your bottom rung of calories, even branching into macronutrients, tracking your food, making sure it's in the right quantities, then starting to build in, making sure the quality's there, then looking at you know how many times per day you're eating pre-match meals, stuff like that, and then on top of that, maybe supplements, so Track food for anyone who's here hasn't tracked food for a well, while. Take three to four weeks, track everything, eat at least you'll see where you're at. If you want to then increase it or decrease it, at least you have something to work off.
0: Yeah, I think that that, points, that point I, I get a lot because um, I'll have people that come into me and they'll either want to add on a bit of size or they want to get a bit smaller. And you say, them, All right, we need to start eating a bit more so they're we get bigger. And like, I am, I'm eating loads. Yeah. All right, how many calories are you eating in a day? I don't know. Oh, I don't <laughs> Or if they're losing weight, that's fine. I don't really eat anything anyway. Like, all right, how many calories are you eat normally?
1: I have no idea. Yeah, you know, you, you, you need, need that baseline, don't you? Just because someone like can just because someone can eat two pizzas and uh Ben and Jerry's and wash down with a fizzy drink on a Saturday night and put away five thousand calories no bother, doesn't mean they're eating loads during the week. You know, that's the typical hard gainer, so-called yeah. hard gainer you get. It's, oh, you know, my family make fun of me how much I eat because on Saturday night they eat a load of stuff like that. But they don't realize that that's the same sort of person who, you know, can skip breakfast, no bother, maybe uh, misses lunch on a, on a Tuesday afternoon and uh, doesn't have a big appetite. So they're they're missing all these uh, smaller things along the week when someone who's on the opposite side is actually eating those things without even noticing and eating extra stuff. Yeah. Without. So, when you get some some crystal figures in place, uh, you start to realize you know, that people maybe aren't um, as accurate as they think they are with their intakes.
0: Yeah, I think just f- for yourself, or if you are that person that's looking to lose weight or gain size, it's interesting to see because sometimes I'll get people that will tell me that they don't eat that much food and they'll say, all right, let's track the calories for a week and see where we're at. And they come in and they're like, I couldn't believe how many calories were in this. I couldn't believe how many calories were in, were in that food. And you don't unless you start to track it and you don't understand. You have no idea where you're at unless you start to track these things. So I think getting a baseline and then working off that baseline is is so important, isn't it? of trend, Yeah um Just in terms of that kind of weight loss and weight gain, you know, is it as simple as like a calorie deficit or or eating more calories, or is there more to it than that?
1: It's kind of funny. It's you know, over the years, it's gone from you know these sort of fad diets where it's been like you know, fat go low carb, whatever it was, vegan, paleo, whatever, and people thinking that this is what's leading to weight loss, um, and then it's got. Uh, you know, through science and everything else, we've discovered that basically when it comes down to it, energy balance is the one the number one key factor that if uh-huh. you don't get place, you know, they're not, they're not going anywhere. But I think it's maybe swung too far in that direction where, um, it's maybe become like, a you know, it's an easy thing to say. Anyone who's unqualified in any way can just say, Oh, all you need is calorie deficit. It's like, yeah, what do I do with that? Like, right. So I just, do I just start on myself or do I just not eat anything? And, you know this idea of a, cal- a calorie deficit has become like a, a phrase that is easy to say, and actually a lot of people don't even know what it necessarily means. Um, but at the end of the day, it does have you do have to be in an energy deficit in order to uh, to that energy needs to come. You need to be eating less than you're consuming, or eating less than you are putting out, so that that energy can come from. Essentially, your body fat to be burned off as energy. Um, but uh, it's not as simple as that. There are those other four areas. There are, you know, is your macronutrient uh, distribution in place? Because if you're not eating enough protein, um, the weight you are losing it is likely to be more from fat than it is from, or more to be it from muscle than it is from fat uh, someone who has the protein in place. Um, you know, there's that side of things as well. Uh, and even for some people, it's carbohydrates. Uh, not that if you are in an energy deficit, you're still going to lose body fat. But for a lot of people who are extremely overweight, eating a lot of carbohydrates isn't feeling in general, leading to lack of adherence and leading to them not losing weight long term. Um and I think you do have the other side of the argument that says like, you know, it's all down to your insulin and it's all down to, you know, controlling your carbs. But at the end of the day, that's a nice uh that's a nice thing to have in place. But if you are still in that energy surplus, regardless of how good your insulin control is, you're not gonna lose weight. You're still gonna put it on.
0: Yeah, as interesting to put up Bible point about insulin because I just read that book, uh, Obesity Code. Um I'm not sure if you read it, but it, it's all about how uh, insulin is the key role in in weight loss and then and obesity. Um, but I was curious to chat to nutritionists about it because it it's very much uh, advocating go lower on carbs. You know, you should eat more fats and higher proteins. And when you do read a book like that, and I think it's important to maybe get that point, that point across to people listening. You could read things online and you can watch things, and it can very easily change your thoughts. You know, I was reading that, thinking that makes a lot of sense, but you know,
1: maybe. Maybe those things don't, you know. There's always a there's always a snippet of truth within those sort of things, and you know that book is sort of you know goes against conventional wisdom, um, and maybe too far, in my opinion. Uh, I I haven't read the the book, but I I know the guy who wrote it, and I've read articles of his. And um, technically, at the at the cellular level, you know, when inside your body, which you'll never see, insulin does control. In some ways, the fat going in and out of the cell. The problem is when you take that and extend it to bigger picture of your overall intake, it doesn't quite work out as out in that way. Um, you know, your your body fat are, is constantly coming in and out, sick like flux, you call it. So it's constantly releasing some, burning some, storing some, and it's going on like that throughout the day. Uh, but but the main factor comes down to is how much is Stored versus how much is uh, is used, essentially. Um, so you could be, you know, uh, you talk about, this is kind of on a, a bit of a tangent, but uh, we talk about like high fat diets resulting in greater fat burning. Mm-hmm. But the point is you're still consuming more fat. So although you're burning more, you're consuming more. And if you're still in your energy surplus, that evens out to be still again in body fat. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: I think I think it's just careful. You have to be careful when you read things and and you watch things. But I think does come come down to that simple fact. Like I think if you're if you're listening to this, hoping that there's going to be a, a secret way to lose weight, you've probably heard it before. You know, track your calories. Uh, if you're looking to lose weight, be in that calorie deficit. Looking to gain weight, be in that calorie surplus, and try and eat good
1: foods. The good news is, you know, if you do start that tracking process and you decide it's too much hassle, you don't want to do it. You can still, you can, you know, you can be in a, in a calorie deficit without tracking your calories. You can just be, if you're just putting in better habits of, say, eating more fruit and veg, uh, cutting out some of the higher calorie snacks, you're probably going to eat less overall anyway, and, uh, you know, end up in that calorie deficit and end up losing body fat. So you don't have to be counting calories to be in a calorie deficit. So it's yeah. worth of keeping that in mind too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um Getting on to now, you know, performance for performance. I think like I was I was with Mark and Ku the other day and we were doing the podcast and we were chatting a lot about recovery and how recovery's becoming such a big part of GEA. And now as well as that it's nutrition, you know, I think those are the three pillars nearly. Um nutrition's become massive now for GEA. I get tons of questions, I'm
1: sure you do about it. 100 percent It's uh, you know, it's one of them things I, I I sometimes put up when I'm giving talks to clubs, like the I'll put out up, up like uh, an infographic sort of showing the development of the sport. So back in the day, you know, when we would have first started playing Gaelic, uh, you would have just turned up for a match uh, on a Sunday. You know, might have had a few pints a night before. probably a few guys had a smoke before the game. Like it wasn't taken seriously. Yeah. You, and the lads from down the street, who uh, the lads from the neighbouring um, town, just battling it out in a Sunday afternoon. But it back. And I suppose the, the competitive nature of it meant that. Uh, you know, boys wanted to get better and wanted to say, right, well, maybe if we trained once or twice a week, we could beat the lads from down the road and, you know, we'd have to celebrate. And yeah. That. that developed and then probably that became the norm then. Everyone trained, you know, two or three nights a week, whatever it was. And then probably around the early 2000s, maybe in the late 90s, that strength conditioning became, I think, you know, everyone was starting to, to get into strength. Not everyone actually, there was a few teams were starting to get into their strength and conditioning. Um, you look at like uh, maybe I'm a, I'm a bit biased but they are my team that won all air in 2000 yeah. all big massive plays and um, we we're all sort of getting into the strength and condition at that time too and I think the games who got into it early were were uh, seeing the improvements uh, before everyone else and were getting that edge up and uh, probably now like you, you struggle to find a county that didn't have a strength and condition set up in place let alone actually most of the high-level clubs and even some of the low-level clubs yeah. have in some capacity. At this, so I think the next development to that then is the nutrition side of things, where you see a lot of the top counties bringing in nutritionists uh, to work with them, you know, on an ongoing basis. Um, even clubs getting the likes of myself into do talks, you know, that's the next development. So what I think is the kids who are really going to nail down the nutrition are going to be that level above everyone else you know everyone talks with the Dublin team who are like you know jacked and lean and uh, you know able to go for as long as you want them to go those are the guys who like strength and conditioning standard there has been for years but their nutrition is starting to get really dialed in there as well so you know that's the development and that's probably where I see it going like um, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think as well it's um, yeah. it's a it's a training nutrition thing it, it can provide you like it's not going to turn you into Jeremy con overnight, but it will give you that marginal gain. And um, you know, people will say to me, like, I'm I'm playing really well, and I eat will eat such and such before game, where I don't do any training. You're like, that's fair enough, but imagine what you could be like if you had your nutritional point. Imagine what you could be like if you had your strength and training addition going. You know, so I think if you're not looking at those those percentage gains, you're limiting yourself, regardless of how good you are or think you are. Yeah, hundred percent, yeah. And you know is a lot of that nutrition for, for performance, do you see it just in that pre-game period or does it go a lot further than that? I suppose the,
1: the difference, I suppose, you know, the difference between your average person and an athlete in terms of their nutrition is mostly around the fueling aspect and maybe the recovery aspect as well, um, where your average person is maybe trying to get lose a bit of fat, build a bit of muscle. Um, you know whether they're recovered fully for the next session yes you want to be but if they're not it doesn't mean they're off it doesn't mean they have a bad session and they're off the team or it doesn't mean they play poorly in a match it just means they're a little bit more tired in that next session so the around the match probably nutrition is going to be the main aspect that's different but I think it's still important to go back to that basic element of your general diet um, because that is what's going to t- determine uh, in large part what your body composition's like um, you know what your health's like overall how, how you are adapting from those training sessions so if you're going through uh, six months of of training let's say throughout a season whatever it could be longer or shorter they are you, you're getting you're looking to maximize adaptation from each session there so regardless of match fueling or anything else, your your general nutrition is going to determine that. So that's worth having a place first. But if you're talking about the specifics of maybe fueling up for a match, again, most people will go to what should my pre-match meal be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and although it's important, I would extend that out a little bit more. I would be looking towards maybe the 36, 48 hours leading up to game day. And, uh, increasing your specifically your carbohydrate intake in the lead up to that match uh with the guys I work with I generally do that 36 hours usually say so that means that if you have an evening match it's generally maybe a maybe a high carb meal the night before and carving up during the day of the match yes uh, if it's a you know morning or afternoon match you're still talking about 36 hours brings it back to the morning before carb loading the whole day uh before the match and maybe having relatively high carbs in the morning of the match as well
0: so, um, so say for me now I have uh, we have our championship game Saturday at uh, 2 o'clock mm-hmm. what would you say would be the best thing for me to do now between now and Saturday in terms of like carb loading eating meals timings what would be the best suggestion
1: so it, part of it depends on what your current body composition goals are so uh, if I'm I'm but a lot of the guys, probably about 90 percent of the guys I'm working with are trying to get lean while mm-hmm. it's also fueling themselves, as opposed to gaining muscle and fueling themselves. So they are going to be uh, restricting their overall calorie intake for, let's say, a large part of the week. Um, so their carbohydrate stores are going to be automatically lower uh, than someone who has been at a regular carb level throughout the week. I would guess probably you're eating at a regular maintenance sort of level. Would that be right? Yeah. Yeah. So for you you're probably looking somewhere between six to eight grams per kilogram of body weight of carbohydrates. Uh so let's say it's well, you need maybe ninety. Yeah, 90. ninety. right, good guess. Uh ninety kilos uh, times uh six to eight, which would be a certain maths like from five forty to eight times nine, seven seven twenty grams I was I was never working that out there. <laughs> I did in at uni before <laughs> so I was refreshing so I am not mad but anyway um, yeah somewhere in that realm and that's quite a large a large uh, range to, to, to be talking about there but uh, you know if you are someone who maybe hasn't done this before maybe start off that lower yes. intake um, because you do find it's actually quite hard to get in those higher intakes um, but experiment with between those as well um, and maybe do that for most people, maybe do that in a friend, leading up to a friendly match or even leading up to a weekend training. In there, something, yeah. there, yeah. Um, so I would I'd do that on the Friday and then specifically then on the Saturday morning, uh, you're talking about probably it's a two o'clock, you're maybe having breakfast and maybe one small meal before that. Uh-huh. Um, depending on how early you get up, you do want some carbohydrates within those meals as well. So, but, don't be overdoing it there. I would say just get in a good, relatively high carb meal. then also, obviously, also includes uh, you know your protein, and maybe a little bit of healthy fats and uh, a little bit of veg. Um, so now we're getting it. So that's the carb load, sort of what we're talking about there. And just to clear it up, in case people think you're only eating carbs in those. Mm -hmm. Um, you're also obviously eating your protein sources along with that you're eating regular meals it's just that your carbohydrates are increased for that day so just to clear that up but if you're getting into then pre-match meal there are a few things you want to start to look at in terms of the composition of that meal as well as the timing of that meal the timing is going to be pretty much down to someone's preference you know some people like to eat out or eat about four hours out from a match others like to eat two hours out from match uh, some of the guys you like to eat earlier also like to include a snack in between mm-hmm. uh, full but not overly full um, so for timing it's, it is going to be a little bit about experimenting but probably for most people somewhere within that two to three to four hours uh, having their last main meal it's going to be a good idea
0: yeah um, uh, I think like, it was funny you say that because I would always like a meal maybe about you know three or four hours out from a game, so I don't like to feel too full on playing. Uh, Connell comes in and he was saying he likes maybe an hour or two hours out, and that's I think that just comes through experience of, of trailing them things out, doesn't it? 100%. Um,
1: but the, the, there are some overarching principles that most people will want to adhere to in the composition of that meal, so you want to have a protein source, um, just as you will with most of your meals because it does, you know, keep that recovery process going if there are some, uh, so. We protein because you want the amino acids from that protein, which is the broken down form of the protein, essentially. Um, And if we have some of those amino acids floating through the bloodstream during the match, it means that we're less likely to use muscle protein uh, as a source of fuel during that match or training session. So you do want some protein in your pre-match meal. And uh, you want it to be obviously carbs, plenty of carbs in there as well, uh, because that has been shown to improve performance. Uh, going into athletic um, games and training, whatever. Uh, and and uh, something that I guys don't notice is keeping fats and fiber relatively low in that pre-match meal is usually a good idea um, because these take, fats and fibers take longer to process mm-hmm. in the digestive system. So if you are, uh, you know, keep, keep, don't be eating big, massive salads or loads of uh, broccoli and different things you got it will yeah. fill up your stomach a lot but it'll take a long time for it to be processed and those carbs and protein might take longer to get into your bloodstream um, and it might feel uncomfortable in the match as well if your stomach's really full so that, that's that's the bare bones of the meal um, as I say if you are eating that a little bit further out yeah, maybe a, a carb snack in there something like rice cakes uh, or pieces of fruit or something like that as well yeah.
0: I think you have some you have some really good like we infographics on your Instagram page, don't you, with, with details more about that. So um if you didn't have a pen and paper and you weren't noting that there, go back and check Connor's Instagram because um he's got a ton of kind of information on carb loading, which is really useful. But I think that's that's the important thing. And something you said there was, was something maybe I'm picking up a wee bit more about now is the day before the game, you know, getting the carbs in sometimes you really focus on the day of, but yeah. The day before is maybe just as important, especially if you go got the
1: morning game, like? Yeah, 100%. I think think people think that, you know, and it comes into eating late at night as well. People think that if they're eating all this food and they're not using it straight away, that it's going to accumulate as body fat. But carbohydrates are naturally stored as glycogen uh, within the muscles before they're stored as any fat. It's actually quite unlikely that carbohydrates will be stored as body fat Usually, if now if you're in energy surplus, those carbohydrates will be preferentially used as fuel and your body fat or your the fat that you're eating will be most likely stored as fat if you're in that energy surplus. However, for a short period of, say, a day, if you're bumping up the carbohydrates, all that's going to do is fill up your muscle stores with glycogen, leaving you perfectly ready to, to be fueled for the match next day.
0: Yeah. Is there something to be said for a pizza the night before a game then?
1: Well, it depends on the sort of pizza, I suppose. You know, we do want to be keeping fats relatively low. Uh-huh. So if you're eating a big massive four cheese pizza with pepperoni and everything else on you're really bumping up your, your fat content and it isn't necessarily advised uh, within a carb loading approach. Uh, usually tell guys like, you know, you you may think that by me giving you a carb loading approach it's going to be great and can eat whatever I want, but once you're tracking that as diligently as you will be the other day realise it's actually quite hard to eat enough carbs. Without yeah. the fat and everything soaring up, like? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, pizza might not be fitting in there now, unless, maybe you can make your own pizza, nice uh, base with some tomato puree, a little bit of cheese, low-fat cheese even, uh, some chicken on top, perfectly good, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the areas that I, I, like, I know I probably don't do as well as I should and probably other players is, is the post-game window. Um, Like for me, I'll always go and it'll be maybe a cheap meal or I'll go and grab something sweet after a game. You know, is that the best
1: idea or should it be just as structured as your pre game meal? Yeah, well, I suppose it's, you know, yourself with the, with, uh, you know, celebrations and different things to get. Sometimes if you were to get the absolute perfect meal in place, it might take you away from, you know, going out for a a takeaway with the lads or Mm -hmm. going for a few drinks or whatever else. And maybe that long term, maybe that wouldn't be as good because you're not being as part of the team. You're not actually getting to celebrate your, yeah. you know, it's kind of motivating. But, So there is that element of it, but if it comes, you know, if the perfect answer is, exists, you know, if, for example, you're going home and you're going to cook yourself a meal, <coughs> excuse me, um, having a protein source in there, it's going to be very important. Uh, having some carbs in to replenish what you've just used is going to be important and the rehydration side of things as well uh, get plenty of water in the away at it and something that actually a lot of guys don't realise is is salt intake as well uh, you are using a lot of electrolytes within your training usually and matches if you are sweating a lot especially so getting plenty of salt in there as well uh, is going to be important
0: yeah definitely um, I think it's just trying to find that balance with it isn't it that you know yeah you, you're amateur to an extent so it's like you go out and enjoy yourself after a game if you want to but try and find that balance
1: between make sure you're eating something and not completely take the hand out of it like exactly yeah and, and it may be you know that may be the best time if you are going to have something that's a little bit you know of the usual perfect nutrition approach that probably is the time to get it in because um, you know the next session maybe is going to be easing back in it'll not be the toughest session uh, you know, the next training session after that, you might, if it's on a Saturday and you're not training to Tuesday, it leaves you a bit more recovery time. Um, plus, you've just really, if you've had a good, tough game, you've ran yourself into the ground, you know, the likelihood is that any food that is going to be consumed there is going to be less uh, of an effect on you. you know? Yeah. So yeah. Maybe a lot of
0: um, the other area, and it's an area now that is commonly asked about. I get asked about it every Sunday. I know by in your Q and you get asked about a lot is supplementation. Is there any supplements that you know you would use in the pregame window? Is there any supplements that you say Gaelic players definitely need, or is there anything like that?
1: Well, I think it's important to go back to that pyramid idea again and remember that supplements are the last <coughs> ring on that, the last rung on that. And um, so, it, with that in context, there are a few supplements that can help. Um, excuse me, a bit cough coughing, a bit of a cough here. All right. uh, but there are a few that can help. Um, caffeine, firstly, um, which most people will be taking maybe on a daily basis in the form of coffee or tea. Um, in order to get the, the better performance, you might need to bump that up a little bit. and uh, You might want to go with something like a, a gum or um, even... For Some people, like, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I'm not sure if you can cut that out. But <laughs> we'll, we'll start it. Um, the yeah, caffeine um, can be a good performance enhancer um, for a game. Uh, in general, creatine monohydrate is quite a good supplement um, for. Things like things that activities that last under, you know, between zero and 10 seconds. So you're talking about like sort of repeated sprints, you're talking about your weight training, um, things like jumping, something like that. If you're taking creatine over the long term, uh, it can have those effects. So it's not necessarily a pre pre training or pre game supplement to take because the effects take a few weeks to set in as the creatine builds up in your body. But it's good to have that in there on a regular basis um then there are a few other things that you can look into that are maybe a bit uh a bit probably on the advanced side things like you know beetroot juices um a good protocol of using the beetroot juice can have an effect on your ability to uh you know ability to endure longer so go for longer without having to having to stop um and there are a few other things like uh, citrulline malate which it's kind of the science is a little bit iffy on it on whether it actually has big effect or not, but it is something that a lot of people find uh, useful um, in increasing the blood flow uh, to the muscles, which can help get away the uh, acidosis, uh, or you know what people usually call lactic acid buildup, which is actually a buildup of hydrogen ions. But that's a story for a different day. But if you can increase blood flow to muscles, that can help as well. So. Probably caffeine and creatine in general, a uh, whey protein if people struggle to get their protein rec- protein uh, needs met. And uh, outside of that, you're maybe looking at a few health supplements like fish oils, vitamin D, um, multivitamin maybe. Um but outside of that, you know, you're looking at advanced stuff and outside of that, you're looking at a lot of stuff that is not worth going like.
0: Yeah. I think it's it's interesting to keep bringing it back to that point about the pyramid and I think that's so important because people will look to uh supplements, whether it be for pregame, whether it be for recovery, and yeah, they will probably help, but you know, it's that maybe one percent help. But if you haven't got the other ninety nine percent with your diet, with your sleep, with your hydration, it doesn't yeah. matter how much creatine or how much caffeine you know, it's that's the icing on the cake basically the supplements like isn't it yeah 100% yeah, yeah. Would agree with that. Um, another thing now you, you sort of get a lot is you chatted about it earlier that there is a lot of different diet trends and I put up the Instagram Q&A yesterday and a lot of the ones were you know uh doing playing Gaelic and having a keto diet or um you're vegan and uh playing Gaelic you know there's lots of different diets now and you know some of them We'll Have the merits, some of them won't. How do you kind of sift through all that as nutritionists nutritionist? Do you get sick of hearing about different ones, or do you what's your take and all that like?
1: You know, it's usually, I, I, will get, I usually will get questions about that online, but a lot, most of the guys that I actually end up working with haven't really gone through any of these diets. They've maybe gone low carb for a while I tried that out and found it didn't work for them. It worked maybe they lost a bit of weight, but they couldn't fuel themselves. But I don't get a lot of the guys coming to me with who have tried these different diets, um, but for those who are, who maybe ask questions about it, um, who are probably just curious more than anything, um, I think it's, someone said, if, you, if your diet is a name, it's not, you know, it's not so good, like, you know, your diet is the food you're eating. Um, now, whatever way you want to control that um, is up to you. Some people like to control it by just having a sort of outlook of... Uh, looking at the, tracking the calories and macronutrients, some people like to control it by you know cutting out uh, fast food. Some people like to control it by cutting out uh, fat, uh, high fat items. Some people same with carbs. Um, now that's no problem. Usually with fat loss, as long as you have you are controlling the amount of food you're eating and you're eating enough protein, whatever goes, you're happy enough. You know you will probably lose fat. When it comes to performance, there is a bit more of a distinction uh, in terms of you want to have your calories controlled in a certain way that's fueling you whilst moving you in the direction of your body composition goals. But you also want, uh, obviously, protein, but you also want relatively high carbohydrates uh, depending on the amount of training you're doing. Um, If if any of these diets are leading you down a low-carb route, then it's probably not going to work long-term in terms of your energy going into training the matches, and uh, probably on another side, if it's forcing you to not eat enough protein, like a vegan diet for most people, uh, will not have enough protein in it, if you're an athlete, that's probably going to be a problem as well, so I've no real problem with someone doing these specific diets, but at the end of the day, if it is affecting your performance, then, you know, you're going to know about it sooner than later.
0: Yeah, and I think it's trying to figure out, you know, what's the reasons for doing it. If you're just doing it because you watch it in a Netflix documentary and think it's sounded good, it's probably not the best reason. Like, um, I know at the minute the way I structure my diet is due to kinda of my working hours. So I'll be working in the morning, I'm working in the evening, so I have a chunk in the middle of the day. What I'll try and do is I'll try and kind of restrict me eating periods. So I will probably eat more between like twelve and maybe five or six. And then I'll not eat either side of that. And you could call it fasting or you could call it time restricted, whatever. But it, it works for me, and um, I think that's the important thing. Is no matter which one of these you do, you, you figure out which works best for you and which kind of fits in with your, your daily life. Like
1: one hundred percent. And I suppose works the word works is different for different people. You, what you probably mean by works is you're keeping at the body or you're keeping at the body fat level you want. Yeah. You're and you're feeling recovered you know for you you have those probably three metrics maybe another one that you feel good or don't feel hungry much if you can have those things in place that works for you you know so yeah definitely yeah.
0: I, I find as well since I started doing that you know I, I, like I used to come in from work maybe say half eight or nine o'clock maybe after training that time and we would eat a big dinner because I hadn't all day but I find that my sleep was really affected by it I don't know if there's any research to maybe back up that a big meal before bed is actually bad for sleep, but since I've kind of eliminated having
1: a big meal before bed, I, I find that I'm sleeping a wee bit better now. Like, yeah, some people will find that, some people will find the opposite. Um, yeah. you know, uh, there is uh, there's one side of it that you know we should probably be eating in line mm-hmm. with uh, daylight hours. You know, we probably shouldn't be eating too late at night because our bodies, by by virtue of the fact that our bodies are naturally shutting down mm-hmm. uh, to go to sleep. Maybe the organs and different things like they got are also sort of not optimally in a place to to digest our food. Um, but there is the other side as well that, like, you know, say you're training late at night and, uh, you know, you don't get home till half 10 and you have the option of either not eating and going to bed hungry and not having gotten some protein in, some carbs in, or going, going, having a meal uh, and getting those things in. You know, you need to find the balance there, and probably I would suggest most people do get something in after a training session, even if it is late at night. Um, and then you know, do your best to, to get your sleep on point.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, is there any nutrition myths at the moment that you see floating about that that you hear a lot, or um, um, have, have we covered a lot of them already?
1: Probably. Well, I'd, I'm probably from like a biased viewpoint of of being within the, the fitness, not necessarily within the fitness industry, but the own people within the fitness industry yeah. and uh, I probably think that all these things have been dealt with, you know, we're past all that, everyone knows that uh, all you need to be doing is controlling the amount you're eating, getting enough good food in, but probably, we're not probably, very a question I get, questions you get, we know that there's still people out there who don't know this stuff so, There probably is a lot of nutrition myths uh, going around, but I wouldn't be 100% sure on what exact ones are going around right at the moment. Um, There's always going to be the keto thing floating about. There's always going to be low-carb. There's always going to be vegan, whatever it is. All these things are always probably going to exist. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I don't see any new ones on the the block as such.
0: Yeah, I think most of the questions have been answered. It just takes people maybe doing a wee bit of research or going on like to your page and um and finding out the answers, but you know, sometimes people, sometimes people
1: don't like to do that. Yeah. Everyone like I, like, I'm still learning stuff, you know, and, uh, five years ago, I didn't know, you know, what energy balance was about or any of these things. So mm-hmm. it's not, I'm not, I'm not looking down on people saying you don't know. I'm just saying, you know, it, it's probably the same things floating about that have always floated about, you know,
0: yeah and is there any like common questions you always get asked um, you know whenever you're either working with people or on or in Instagram uh,
1: people people love asking about creating for some reason <laughs> um, I find that too um, yeah uh, you know it is a great it's a great supplement as far as supplements go it's probably the one that I'd recommend to most people um, but yeah, if we haven't it will show some benefit <laughs> but not or, or, but if we haven't got you know, all these other things in place, we're missing the biggest chunk of progress, you know? Yeah. That's probably the main thing. Yeah, um, I find that too, a lot of the
0: questions of creatine, and it's I, I'm glad you covered it pretty well there to give people an understanding of it and kind of what, what it's all about. But again, I think it's not magic, and it's not going to, like no. I said before, it's not going to turn you into that much of a different player, but it's, it could be yeah.
1: that 1% very at a very basic level just so people know with creatine there's basically like you know the three energy systems of you know you have your anaerobic aerobic and then you have the third one that most people don't know about which is the, like the phosphate phosphate system mm. or creatine phosphate or phosphocreatine system which is you know that real short sharp uh energy system that's like you know getting off the mark or sprint for five or six seconds or jumping as high as you can whatever that is and basically what you're doing with putting creatine in as a supplement is you're just adding to the creatine stores that are already in the body um, and making sure that they are, you know, optimized so that you can use that energy system when it's needed, you know? So it's basically just the same thing as adding carbohydrates in to fill up the muscles with glycogen, uh, except it's a different energy system.
0: Yeah. Um, I put up, as I said there, that, that q and on Instagram. Got a lot of different questions, but you know uh, I think it comes down to like I'm reading reading different ones here in front of me and a lot of it's the specifics, you know, what I eat for lunch when I've got this here, uh, what they do for this, what they do for this. and it, 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 A lot of it are specific, so I don't really want to go through them because I feel like what you said at the start is, is really important. I think that's one thing I'd love people to take away from this here is don't focus on the... The small details, you know. Look at the bigger picture with everything. Try and get everything else sorted out rather than just game day watching. Pretty much, made what's up with the day. Okay? Um, and I'm sure you probably found that too when you put Qunays. People are always very interested in the specifics, but the broader picture is the important thing.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, all the you can get down to the nitty gritty, but most of the times when you're asking a really specific question of what meal should I eat, continued by whatever, whatever scenario it is you usually just it's usually just a normal meal but maybe the quantities are changed you know the meals are going to be pretty simple throughout it's going to be a protein source carbohydrate source some maybe fruits and vegetables and maybe a healthy healthy fat source and like those are going to make up most meals it's just you know that might change a little bit towards the carbohydrate side for a pre-match meal and maybe a post-match meal and after that it's a lot of us down to preference, uh, fitting in with the overall nutrition strategy. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, just kind of lastly, you're on nutrition business, so if if people are looking to to contact you, find out more information about it, where is the best place for people to go?
1: Uh, we'll have the website uh, knowyourselfnutrition.com, Um or the biggest place that I'm <clears throat> the stuff that might be helpful is on Instagram. If you just search for knowyourselfnutrition. Those are the two places um, that, are, that you're going to be most likely to go. Um, in terms of if you wanted to bring that a little bit further, uh, I have my coaching program. This is an online nutrition coaching program where we spend 12 weeks uh, getting together, or basically educating you along the way, but starting out with uh, an initial individual plan for you, which adapts along the way through our weekly check-ins, where I also keep you accountable and track your progress. Um, so we have the coaching program there.
0: And you've, um, you, you've worked with some, like i seen on your website, you worked with Jamie Clark and then uh, O McCabe, who was on the podcast a couple of episodes ago.
1: Yeah, so a few of, the, a few of those guys, like um, I would have played with Jamie and um, a few of the other boys and it, I've worked with a few of those guys who are at that top level. Now, as I sort of said, generally, actually, the guys who I mostly work with are guys who are actually maybe a lower level who are maybe trying to go from sub-bench to start. or. Yeah. The club to county as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's always nice to get you know those those top level guys on as well because it's sort of a different it's a different ball game there for, as well. You know most of the time those guys are in pretty good shape. It's 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 optimizing their their performance uh, the performance element of it for those guys as well. Whereas a lot of the guys uh, who are at maybe lower levels it's a body composition thing along with performance. Elements. So two different ball games and it's, it's nice to you know it's nice to see both.
0: Definitely. Um, I think any any Gaelic player out there, anyone that's just looking to kind of improve their health, do follow Connor's uh, Instagram page because he, he puts out a ton of content and a lot of really easy to to see a lot of complex stuff put in a simple way. I'm able to understand that that should be should be evidence enough for most to use, but um, definitely give it a follow. But yeah, Connor, thanks for coming on. We I think we we discussed a lot there, a lot of helpful stuff. So um, really appreciate you taking the time out. Hope it helps. Yeah, hope it
1: helps. Definitely. yeah definitely me Definitely.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much. Speak soon.